Basketball juice. I got a basketball juice. I got a basketball juice. Ooh, baby. I had to bandage my dad up today. Are you what? He uh, he was getting a suitcase in the back of his car and he banged his head on the on the roof of the the Jesus. booth. Jesus, what split his head open? Yep, he's just texted me a picture of him with his plaster on his head after getting it glued with his Paul Lynn's bandage or Terry Butcher bandage. Maybe <laughs> I can't think of a Scottish equivalent. Terry Butcher played for I, I, Rangers. It'll do. Ali McCoy had to wear one at once. Ed, Ed ran. My old man split his head open on a barge. You know they've got the hatch doors. Yeah. Didn't duck enough. Opened the front ones. Didn't duck enough. Twatted his head on it. And had to go to A and E and have it well. <laughs> glued back together. Oh hello. Oh, welcome to the uh, to the BTR <laughs> pub, the old ball and bag. It's good to have you here. It of course means that we're going to answer questions from listeners. I'd say fans, but I don't think they're all our fans, <laughs> if I'm honest. But here we are. Ads. I'm not sure if Ads is joined us or not, but we are joined by our northernmost correspondent, the brave-hearted Mr. Grant Young. How are you, sir? Right. I'm alright. I'm alright. What's your tipple? Huh? What's your tipple? It's an empty cup right now. Ah, well, we'll have to get that filled up at the bar. Uh, AB? He's here as well, our northeastern correspondent, a very happy chap, considering last time he was on the podcast, he was saying that uh, if the Eagles lost a certain number of their games, they actually would be bottom. Hasn't worked out like that, has it? Yeah, pretty good. Um, a lot more positive this week, and yeah, since the last time I was on, the Eagles have went five and zero, so can't complain. That's I don't know if it's cool. just you not being on the show, or <laughs> just case, or or Larry Austin being out has made the difference. I don't know. Yeah. That's one of the storm. chats, isn't it? One of the things in the Discord is, well, one of the things continually, year on year, is Darius shouldn't be starting. He should be coming off the bench because he's the elder statesman, blah, blah, blah. But he's shutting everyone up on that respect. And the other one is uh, they are 5-0 and without um, Larry Austin Jr., who's someone we thought would make a bigger impact. But the balance seems to be better without him. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think kind of having him out and... Ever since he went down injured, um, I guess it's kind of paved the way for Ricky and, and JJ to kind of do their thing. It's given them a lot more minutes, um, mm. seemed to have gelled really well. Um, so it's like you've got them two playing really well. Um, and then you've got like Whitfield coming in mm. for, for them too, and he's looking really good. So yeah, I guess I don't know if it's just a kind of a coincidence or if it's like awkward timing for when, you know, them, them kind of three I've just mentioned are starting to play well or whatever but yeah it, it's a it's an interesting one um but Whitfield's, yeah, really in, Whitfield's shooting from the logo he's yeah yeah he's he's a really good shooter to be fair um <clears throat> didn't shoot as many towards the start of the season but no, I guess I kind of is he's kind of grew into the into the team and into the league and stuff um yeah he's, he's getting a lot more confident shooting from you know different areas and stuff and yeah it's really good to see um quite an underrated player to be honest yeah, I, like, wanna, I liked him. Uh, I really liked him. I like Newcastle just looked balanced, a little bit better balanced. Uh, you look at Ricky McGill looks a lot more comfortable. He's having, let's be honest, these guys are having to play now big minutes rather than <clears throat> share 
25 minutes. They're having to play 35, 40. Which I think 30. they probably prefer. Someone like Ricky and, and Jordan Johnson would probably prefer that rather than sharing the minutes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it kind of lets them be be the guys and get hot and yeah. you know, stay hot for a lot of the a lot of the game. Like sometimes when you know more towards the start of the season when we're clicking as much, but you know they might be getting you know warming up and hitting some good shots, and then suddenly they get subbed out for Larry just because mm. he has to come in. And yes, it's good to have Larry Austin off the bench and have them three amazing players. But I guess without that, it's been a bit of a blessing in disguise. And mm. yeah, it's really let them do their thing and be the guys for for really. Well, there you go. Better balanced. Your team just looks generally better yeah. balanced. Uh, You've got bragging rights look- as well. Do you want to make the most of that? Because obviously, you know, Grant's down there or up there. Right. <laughs> We're going to leave that. Fair enough. Hey, if you want to talk more about that game, that was one of the games, obviously, talk about a massive moment. Um, and the second that kind of happened and John Johnson became the kind of bad guy and getting booed, the Eagles were always winning that. I said it to the people next to me, I'm like, Glads aren't winning this now. And I was right. Because Onraz is a key player too. Like defensively, he is massive. He does a lot of help stuff. He's just clever and he facilitates a lot offensively as well. Does a lot of stuff that doesn't show up on the stack on. Absolutely, he massive off the ball. Does a lot of good. Plays that extra screen and those guys have been going at each other for ages before that. Like yeah. um, Eagles came in angry, and I think that's what Gladiators got a good start. Like Darius was picking arguments with anyone and everyone. Like within the first play, I think Darius second play down the floor flopped. Like I'm sure he kind of fell or went for it and got a warning maybe. Um, early on, he was just he was ready to go. Josh Ward Hibbert looked pretty proper dialed in, and the second Jordan Johnson became the bad guy, he started making crazy shots. And for us, we tried instead of just staying cool and calm, we tried to match that. And some of the shots we put up. After JJ hit some ridiculous threes, Pat Whelan had a shot three set four or five seconds into a shot clock. You know that's not our offense. It was, not, it was mm. a bit behind the three point arc, and you're just like that's not the shot. Like that's like this game's tight, and Glad's got it back to I think two or three at one point, and then tur- turnover didn't get stopped, turned over, and you just go yeah, this is just going away. But hey, shout to Newcastle, and I suppose when you take out Larry Austin, it makes uh, Stuttle's job a wee bit easier not having to think Thank okay I need decision. to make yeah. he doesn't need to try and balance Eagles he can just let the Eagles play um, you look at glad point here hold on mate you've moved away from your mic where you've covered it up sorry yeah so DeBoss was one from 11 from two and I think that was his first two of the night he made oh. and then That's... after that he struggled he struggled big time oh. uh, but, but Glad's probably are struggling second unit still um, I'm actually surprised looking at the stats how I felt Mihailo played a lot more than 13 minutes and Ian not as much as 28 but clearly that was the case and uh, yeah glad struggled to after the first quarter it was going to be tight Gladiators <laughs> went away from what was working they had a really nice pick and roll game going uh, Eagles couldn't match that I think that's where Farrell got a lot of his offence from early on this is through some nice pick and roll play and they went away from that or Eagles changed up their defence um, but one thing I noticed I, obviously you guys have picked up where I sit uh, I like deliberately sitting near the away yeah. bench there's not that much play calling from Newcastle mm. 
it's kind of just it spread, is spread what, the floor. Yeah, it's kind of spread the floor and let's let JJ go to work. <laughs> like that's what that's what comes across. I don't know if you picked that up, Adam, from being at games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was a bit like that last season with Hamlet and David Cohn. Really, it was very much like in terms of give the ball to this guy and hope that he does something. You know, it's it's a bit like that with JJ as, as it was with with Hamlet. But there's uh, a few wee things, or like there's other teams that defensively will know that have done enough scout that they'll go, like they'll know what five means or a touch of a shirt or horns, and they'll be mm. they'll have a defense to react to that because they'll already know what the play will be. Um, and I suppose that becomes difficult for both teams if Newcastle not game plan. If Newcastle aren't running or teams aren't running a lot of sets, can't really practice how you're going to defend against them. No. But that uh, was great. And you know what? Onwas, if on, JJ's baited Onwas into ducking his head down, it's stupid. It's not needed. Um, JJ probably acted a wee bit to, to, sell, the, to sell the contact a wee bit. Um, We've got, we got a question along those lines coming up, actually. Yeah, it's JJ's not... definitely sold it. Um, one thing I'd be curious about is why have they not double ejected them both? Well, mm. why would why would JJ get ejected? Oh, here we go. It's going to get tasty why? now. <laughs> because Will JJ didn't headbutt anyone or hit anyone. He was yes, he was angry, but Taj Green kept him back. He'd already reacted though and was swearing down the court. And okay, he got his technical, but they both bumped together. Um, I think from a game point of view, talking to people after the game, both sides. I don't think the refs had a lot of control on it, and I think by yeah, not double really taking like them, the, yeah, it didn't look like that on the stream. By like, not uh, double, yeah. but this isn't just from a gladiator point of view. Like not double taking them, the refs kind of lost control of the game, and then the game got ref differently after that. Yeah, um, and I think if they had double taken them both, they might have regained a bit of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, to be honest, I was I was really surprised when the you know sent on master. To the changing rooms, not because of what he did, because what he did, he can't just headbutt a guy. But it's one of them nah. things where, you know, this season and the last few seasons, refs might have shied away from making a big decision like that, and they might. Have nah, just... it was it was so obvious and clear that what yeah uh, Prince had done, like he dipped his head, dipped his head into him. Uh, you can't do that. Like it is a, it's a straight disqualification. It's that's a fact. Like he shouldn't be doing that. As you'd think someone is on, someone is on one's expe- experience would know better and. He's probably as annoyed as anyone of the impact that will have on um, him and the team for the next game, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very reminiscent of uh, the pre-season game, to be fair, in terms of it was very close to start off with. Both teams played pretty well. Both teams probably made a few mistakes and stuff as well. Um, very chippy. Um, like, I remember the first time I came on here when I was talking about the pre-season game, when uh, mm. Ricky was squaring up with Ali Hodzic, um Similar kind of thing in the in, towards the end of the game. Um, yeah, again, very close. You know, very very chippy and stuff. And yeah, I guess it's of all the wins, it was it was probably a massive win um, in terms of like the league wins this season. There's been a lot of like chat in the Discord and online about how oh we've beat Plymouth twice and we've beat Manchester and games we should have won. But this win was just pretty pretty massive for for the Eagles and stuff because. You know, it's it's a back to back going up to to your place where you, you know he's playing playing really well. Um, he's undefeated, weren't you? Yeah. At uh, at home um, on a back to back when you know he's a very good team yourselves. So yeah, it was massive for us. And 
excited to see what happens the next time we play against. And you saw that, like the Gladiators came out and you saw them trying to play at a really high tempo and thinking, okay, Newcastle are on a back-to-back, let's keep them moving, let's keep them yeah. turning. Gladiators played at a higher tempo than they'd played a lot, than a lot of games I've seen in, the, in uh, league, business, league action. So you, there was a game plan there that come the second quarter when either it's the second unit or shots began not dropping, Dubose going one from 11 is never going to do anything good for a team. Um, Newcastle were allowed back into it and it swung in just a few moments. Uh, Whitford hitting some threes, JJ started finding his groove as did Ricky McGill and yeah, it was Newcastle deserved to win. They were they were actually better to watch than the eye than I thought and probably that's due to uh, from Larry's point of view unfortunately but not having that confusion of having to try and play three guards in two spots and still we, give listen, minutes to Josh Ward-Hibbert and Whitford. With you guys talking about this, there's a question related to this as well, and it's um, it's from people are going on the email and they're tending not to put their real names and funny <laughs> names like uh, I don't know. I'm not going to read that one out because I didn't write it down, but um, unless it is a real name, in which case I apologise. <laughs> but the question basically is: um, are are Eagles legit? Do they replace Bristol in that sense this season? But the perspective they've written it from is that the last five games, they've won one in Europe uh, against reasonably average European competition. We've got nothing to gauge on that. But then they've beaten the bottom three teams, one of them twice. uh, And then they've beaten Caledonia. And they're arguing that Caledonia's run domestically hasn't been as impressive as what they've done in Europe. Are the Eagles legit? You want me to go first as a non-Eagles person? Go on then. Yeah. So, Eagles, it seems to be, are coming together. I wouldn't class them as legit when, um, when we know that they're of the biggest budget of the rest or we've decided they're the biggest budget of the rest. Um, they should have been doing this to more teams and not struggling to mm. win games or having those collapses as they had early in the season. It's difficult to think where they sit coming out of Europe because that game against that lap was it the Latvian team at home you played the other time or was that away uh, Czech Republic that's home and then that La- Czech team yeah, okay uh, yeah. that Czech team had a season where they excelled massively beyond where they should have been in this season you look at them and they're almost cannon fodder in the in the yeah, NBL as well so you go okay that's that's a and watching that game as well you go Newcastle should have won that game and we actually won it by a lot more. Um, Newcastle's issues seem to be they're just not clinical enough at times when they do take leads. We've seen that several times this year against teams that are perceived to be pretty good. Gladiators' schedule, or their schedule, yeah. The thing is, everyone's got to play these 36 games. It doesn't matter when. You could arguably say from a Pat's point of view, they'll be raging the fact they're not playing Bristol this weekend. We've played them three times already. Yeah, but what I mean is though, they played them when they were basically full strength. Exactly. Teams are rather rather play them now. Yeah, teams so the schedule, I always think the schedule is like a roller coaster. It's going to be up and down. Teams will play teams at different points. Gladiators could easily go to Newcastle in a few weeks' time and win by 20. Or Newcastle could win by one. Do you know what I mean? Like This season feels like that kind of year where all it takes is two players to be hot and the game goes with that team. So... I think I don't think you could class Newcastle as legit. Um, I think there's teams that are maybe slightly above them in that sense, uh, but they're they're looking better to watch. They need to like if if 
they need to play almost angry every game, I think, to get there, though. Like, they played angry on Saturday and they looked really good, but there's other games where I don't think they can... I don't think they can maintain that for the season, being angry. They're 7-7 seven and seven currently, um, and the teams above them are kind of locked above them, if you like, with games in hand on seven or eight or more. So, at the moment, the last five games has been key, particularly the domestic side of it, the four games domestically, have been key to almost putting them safe. Not that they were ever in any danger. I still think Scorchers, Giants and Patriots are the only team that are fighting for that eight spot. I think results have flattered Surrey of late, but who knows? Um, uh, there is a question in the Discord from Rylers, uh, which I think we've covered already. This is no way disrespectful to Larry Austin Jr. as I think he's a great player, but has his absence made Newcastle a better team? Um, we've, we've kind of answered that. It's more to do with the balance, isn't it? Yeah, as, as Grant said, a lot about balance um, and, and all about timing as well. We've, you know, came good at the at the time that's probably unfortunate for him um, yes it's a mad coincidence that you know we've, we've won five on the bounce without him um, and Ricky and Jordan have played the best they've played all season um, they're kind of running a wave of form like it is totally like from a Larry Austin point of view total coincidence or it could just yeah. be that's what's happened these guys are having to play more feel a bit more responsibility and they're just rolling with the punches they, they could easily one of them have a really off night and Newcastle really struggle mm-hmm. yeah the best way to answer that question I guess is just we've just got to see when he gets back what happens you know do yeah. we continue like what we're playing because mm. um, there's three things that could happen either continue the way we're playing um, and he doesn't get as many minutes as he probably likes um, he comes back in and we might struggle or he comes back in and we're fine so we often say it's a test for Stuart oh, and I feel a bit sorry for him in that respect but you know the see, this season's a test how they do in Europe's a test blah 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 but it, that seems to me to be re- a real test when Larry Austin comes back how he manages those minutes and he's in a sense he's literally just got to be recovery when Ricky McGill needs a break or when JJ needs a break yeah which is absolutely mental I think when Oh, you think of the, the name Larry Austin Jr. Uh, yeah. But right now, you know, you, you can't really get JJ and, and Ricky out of their out of their stride in the way that they've been playing in the last few games because you know you, you don't want to stop that when they when they're playing yeah. so well. But you can't, yeah, you can't. Yeah, really. yeah. Like he's he's a great team player, Larry, and you know he's he's, he's really good for you know like um, chemistry and, and camaraderie and stuff. Um, so it's like yes, he's probably wanting the rest of the guys to do well, but. Being the, the guy that he is, he probably wants to be back out there doing doing his bit as well and helping the guys. But of course he does. Yeah, it's how, it's yeah, also we'll how see. much of a team player he is and whether he can adapt and, like you say, help the team out rather than try and get his numbers. Yeah, well, I'm sure more, he'll get his numbers yeah. when he's given the minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, is it more of a kind of individual thing or, or is he mm-hmm. going to be that team player? And we'll see. I think he'll be a team player and he'll he'll accept you know what what Mark tells him and you know what Mark's plan is for him. But yeah, we'll see. This was not so much a question. There was a lot of chat in the uh, in the Discord regarding the Flyers' current run of form. Some people putting it down to solely down to injury problems. Some saying the opposition has stepped up and have been better. Uh, I wanted to know where you guys sat on that one because it to me, I mean, I picked them last week simply because they're undermanned and the fact that they lost just seem to confirm that to me but not to some what do we think uh, AB 
Yeah, probably a bit of both. Um, you know, probably the teams that they have been playing have been playing really well, to be fair. Um, like Surrey played really well the other night when they played them. Um, and then Manchester played pretty well as well, and that was a great win for them. Um, much needed for for Coach Brian. Um, but as well, they've, they've just been so unlucky with injuries. You know, like mm. a lot of the, the main guys, um, like Brad Green's been playing a lot of minutes um, over the last few weeks, and you know, is it is it kind of catching up to their main players? And you know, it's 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 tough for them because there's a lot of games like they had a back to back this weekend, um, didn't go that well for them. And yeah, it's uh, it's not great. I don't know if they're going to bring in any more players. They brought in that um, CJ Jackson guy. Um, mm. Seems okay when when he had. He's going to need a bit of time, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's going to he's going to need time, but um, his resume looks pretty good. So we'll see with him and. Do they bring anyone else in? We'll see. They probably need to at this point because the you know the way the squad is, especially if they're still in Europe and stuff. That's that's for sure. Grandma man, are they playing that well? If this Flyers team is fully fit, one for five in their last league games. You moved um, away from your mic again. It must be over here then. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're one for five in the last five games. So. With injuries to kind of key guys, it's tough. They've obviously Kedron Johnson, I think, in a cast. They've obviously let go Christian Cunningham and not replaced him with an American. They've brought in Rowell Graham-Bell for the season. He's been in and out of injuries. Is it Trajan Jacob is now injured or is it Trajan Lucas is now injured? Trajan Lucas is injured, I think, but Trajan Jacob is playing hurt. Oh, so that was it. Lucas was brilliant and then got hurt. Uh, Trajan Jacob has been incredible this season for them uh, and like you're talking like really kind of stepped up Royal Grand Bell's uh, playing hurt as well I think yeah cause, so against the Gladiators like Trajan Jacob was like automatic from anywhere some of the shots he hit was incredible and but he's now having to be this incredible because they don't have the depth and it's not like an offence you can give trust Corey Samuels really to be that kind of mm. instigator on offence he's not he doesn't look fit shot. either to be fair Nah, and Brad Green's a big guy, so getting up and down the court for 40 minutes isn't a piece of cake. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see how long CJ Jackson takes to kind of bed in. Um, it's probably not the position if Lucas was fit, um, they would have gone and recruited for, I don't think. Mm. But he's obviously a good, or CJ Jackson's seen as a good player. Leicester brought him in for Europe the last season, the season before. Yeah, a couple of years um, ago, yeah. And he looked okay for them in that. He was just injured. They've just... Um, so, yeah, he's one that I don't think is going to be an outside threat, so he's going to facilitate for them. So, Bristol's a big question mark. This mid, this mid-season this mid kind of time period now is really tough for every team, like especially mm-hmm. competing on multiple fronts. They're going to they're gonna need someone. Uh, I don't think they've... Again, they can't re- really rely on people like Corey and even Raph Thomas Edwards for constant offense. So I am wondering if they will go and explore that other, Im- like bring in another import. Well, they managed to get themselves top of the B- BTR Championship and haven't won a game since then. Like they've gradually slid down the table. Um, are they above Cheshire? They're, no, no, they're not. Cheshire is second. Well, Cheshire are top of the BTR table. Oh, the new. Sorry, I thought you said that Bristol were still top. Sorry. No, no, they've they've since since they achieved the top oh, spot since, on their sorry, own. Sorry, they've yeah, they've slid down the down the table. What's um, your take? 
what I said at the top. I, vote, I, I picked against them because they're banged up. It teams, I mean, it's really difficult in the absence of most of your players and in the absence of a fully fit squad that you actually can put out there. And we, teams that are playing them look like they're playing well, but are they going to play that well if, if Flyers... If, no, of course they're not. We, we know they're not because we saw the Flyers when they were fully fit and they were shitting on everyone. <laughs> and you've got to think as well, we did think at the start of the season their kind of one question mark was their lack of depth, really. Yeah, that's right. And it's, yeah. and it's for once we've got it maybe a little bit right. <laughs> it's uh, it's not nice for for it to happen to them, you know, to any team to be struck with injury. But it's considering how well they were doing, it's a real like you know, it would be nice to see a fully fit Flyers and how how far they can go because they were. They were having some tremendous runs, and they did really well in Europe as well. And, uh, just yeah, I think it's I think it's it sucks for the Southwest, and I know um, Matt Hardy, bless him, is uh, is not a happy chap. But we'll see how well their players recoup and come back. But there are players that won't be coming back, and that's for the Riders. We have a question from Judy. Segway, good one. Uh, what's going on the Riders? Two players leaving in a week. It's three players now, isn't it? Haven't three players left now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that uh, tweet must have came through. That message must yeah, have came must have through like an hour before the next one. It's probably right. It was 12 hours ago, yeah. Uh, and no explanation from the club at that stage. I don't know if there's been one as of yet. Um, I mean, we, we said with ads on the show last week that BBL teams, there's no such thing as a rebuild because at the end of the season, you know, 90% of your squad fucks off and you have to get a new 90% of the squad in again however turns out we do have rebuilds they're during the season (laughs) this is a weird one because it's very much unlike Rob to go mass rip up and change the whole image but his starting five of those three guys hasn't been very good like they were lying massively on a duel with McKenzie Connor Washington who didn't play at all last season because of injury is cool. having to play some, a massive role in that team, and he's yes, hey, it's great seeing Connor back doing that, and he, he looks like he's got something to prove, and excited to be playing again because he missed last season out. But when you're bringing in what is seen as being three top end American rookies, you're expecting something. Mm. I still don't understand why Rob Caleb Asprey is the most unRob passing Austral player ever, <laughs> and I've spoke to a few people on this who 100% agree. He just is a bit too hot-headed for Rob. Mm. And I don't know if that's the reason, because Asprey's looked decent for them. And uh, Oh, you've gone over to the side again, can't you? Got, I'm going to move this to this side then. He's been the, the kind of, I think at times, the better of the three Americans they've released. Uh, but again, Tickle Rookie, one minute amazing, the next not so good. And you just wonder if Rob's just had enough or if there's if there is anything else going on in the background. And I'll be curious to see what Rob replaces these guys with. He's obviously got these three players replacing. But remember, Leicester only used five import slots. They've still got... They technically could bring four guys in. Mm. Well, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm not, I wasn't surprised. We, no. We've just not seen them... Well, for a long time in this situation where they are underperforming and he's, you know, the recruits he's got in aren't doing essentially what he wants them to do. Um, AB, what's your take? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, really, because, as Grant says, it's not really something that we've been accustomed to with Rob. And, um, it was a bit crazy seeing them be released so close to each other. Um, it's not like one it has been this week or one, two weeks ago. It's, they've all happened in like a very short period of time, which is, which is interesting. Um, again, you know, it's, it's, you know, the majority of people do, will never know and won't know what's going on behind the scenes. Is, is mm. something of that with like attitude problems and training, or just in general? Um, even when you look at like the the game against uh, Sheffield, um, somebody pointed it out in the in the Discord. I think it was Louis. Um, and you, you look at like their kind of minutes and stuff. Obviously, Bridges was released before then. I think yeah, he okay. didn't play. Um, so Pinson only played twelve minutes, zero points, and Aspie played nineteen with four points. So. Yeah, you know, was there something on the mind then, or you know? Yeah, as if it, as as if it this, was your, this is your final game type thing. Yeah, you've also got to look. You look at their schedule. I've, <clears throat> I've may have mentioned once or twice. November's huge. <laughs> they've only had we one game a week. <laughs> they've basically they've had. Uh, yeah, no, they haven't. The they month, haven't been overloaded, no. Yeah, no, you or anything over. They've only had five matches. By the end of the month, they will have played five matches in November. Um, they've currently only won one and that was the absolute pump in the game to you guys, AB. <laughs> um, so they're one from four so far in the month. And you go, that's not good enough for Leicester. Uh, they've got Manchester this week at home, so you wonder if this is them going, Rob going, hey, let's if we can get replacements in, great. And he probably does have guys lined up. These things can happen yeah. pretty quick these days. And okay, it's man. Maybe thinking, okay, it's Manchester. Can we take it a little bit easier? Because well, they seem to have their own issues at times. So, yeah, mm. it's a strange one. Um, as soon as we hear anything, obviously we'll. But we never do. We never hear anything, and I'd imagine it's kind of self-explanatory. What their seventh is clearly not yeah, a lose, lose uh, record. Yeah, it's clearly not a, a, a pattern Ostro-esque season thus far and he's got time to change things around and he'll do it so but I wasn't necessarily shocked at it um, question from Dan what's more dysfunctional the Patriots on the court or the Patriots fan base off the court well perhaps you give us your hot take <laughs> I don't really have a I don't know it's uh, it's difficult when you say Pat's fans from one respect because there's obviously although no one it's kind of the elephant in the room. There is definitely a an old Raiders side of it that won't ever acknowledge anything positive from the Patriots. Not that there's been a lot positive this season. Um, there is that. And then there's uh, a couple of guys who are, are kind of approaching it from more of a football perspective. Asking questions and things that you possibly asked of a, of a director in of a football team. Which is fair enough, I guess. Um, but it's very different. Um, maybe five. I think I've said this before, but maybe in four years or five years, those questions. Actually, that kind of thing will be more valid because it'd be, hopefully, you know, more money at stake, a bigger, um, a bigger arena, a bigger um, spectrum, if you like, and questions, you know, asking about the direction of the team and all that kind of thing a little bit more. Viable. As it stands, it's frustrating for Pats fans right now because what you see is what you get. I will say, and we've mentioned it already, the Eagles 
last two games against the Eagles, the Eagles are starting to play how they're meant to play. Yeah. Like they're meant to be second. I mean, they were predicted by some to be challenging London with the BBL All-Star team that they kind of put together and, and they're putting it together. So I, I would argue that come back to me probably two weeks time after we've played Surrey twice and, and the Giants once and, and we'll see where we're at then because and even then those two teams have or one of those two teams has clearly been able to spend more on rosters we know there's issues in Plymouth shouting about it's not going to change anything demanding answers I don't know what you really want to hear some of these things obviously can't be said yet because there's certain areas that uh, it, it's it's a very tight-knit community in a sense you don't want to piss anyone off before you've actually managed to get your own venue find some land whatever it is because that kind of thing will go against you so i don't know i know the the fan chat thing was muted a couple of times but i don't really look at what's going on in there so i don't know what was kind of being said but you know that's that's my take what's your you guys take from the outside looking in bin i look at it in two ways one bin fire <laughs> Bin fire. Um, I look at it in two ways. One, Patriots are obviously a new franchise. They're into their third season. At times, I think you look at it's obvious to see the cost of the pavilions. It's all clear to see hmm. the impact that has then on your player budget. It's then also plain to see that for some, the league top budget teams have gone the other way and stretched a little bit further ahead so there's a wee bit I think times being potentially making playoffs first season hasn't helped the Patriots mm. there's a wee bit as well that'll be like well under expectation Raiders, wise yeah under maybe the Raiders as well they were kind of beginning to go somewhere but we know well that that didn't end too well right, good investors and, yeah and you go is this one of these moments where okay for now on let's hey let's just make sure we keep the lights on that's full like that. Go on, sorry. Because he got to the time you get potentially where people might go, you know what was from an investor point of view, being like other oh, fans, maybe play negative impact and stuff, or you look at it being like, Well, it's hard. It's hard owning a basketball team, it's hard paying staff, it's hard paying players, it's hard to pay for things that when actually the venue costs an absolute fortune, like per game that it's, it's crazy, like some of the figures you hear of how much it is to rent that place and how mm. much that can cripple a sports team. So, at times, I think okay, Patriots are maybe where they're at because that's where they're at. Um, on the court wise, I feel like sometimes they just don't have enough of a def defensive identity that can win you cheap games or win you possessions or win you quarters or whatever. Um, I almost think sometimes. They've got too many guys who are hungry to have the ball in their hand and there's not enough ball movement and sharing it around the court and you just go, okay, there's maybe things on both on and off the court that needs tidied up, but it's not it's not a drastic edit. Nothing drastic's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be like every Sunday night, World War 4, 5, 6, 7 just because Pats didn't win at the weekend. No, AB? Um, yeah, kind of. If I go off what I can, I can see, and from my perspective, um, in terms of the fans, um, you know, every Plymouth fan I've spoke to is seems like a really good person, a good fan. Um, seem to sell out every single week at the pavilions. You know, they seem to support the team. 
from from what I can see, anyways. Uh, I know there's been chat about different, you know, Facebook groups and stuff, but uh, from what I can see, it looks looks like a really good support. And at the end of the day, they've got you know some of the best fans in the league. To be honest, like the you know the the very loud, very very passionate about the basketball and stuff. But you know, if if, if I say that on the flip side, then you know these passionate fans who are who are so good and everything. Um, mm. You know, it's it's not really fair on them to be kind of almost missing the playoffs three years in a row. Um, and as Grant says, yes, they did did make the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's not ideal for them. Like the I, I said it on the, on the show a few weeks ago, like they just deserve better. Like a fan mm. base like that, like you know, you, you look at some fan bases where you know it's it's very empty arenas, not that loud. Um, mm. You compare that to Plymouth, like the fans just deserve better. They deserve. You know to go on a win streak to be you know up up the middle of the table not 10th so yeah they just deserve I, better really i think that takes time though and like we do get over the years we've had franchises come in a season or two win things and then disappear yeah mm-hmm. it's putting an infrastructure like from what i believe manchester last year and plymouth were near enough given the same amount of money plymouth invested in a bit of infrastructure in their back room uh, Manchester paid Dirk Williams mm, and Ramon and, you, yeah. and Ramon and whoever else came and you go what would be better um, that instantaneous semi-success or building that structure that can allow it to be a, a profitable or, or not, maybe not profitable sorry but in a stronger place on the flip of that you do th- okay Pat says oh we need more of this this and this have they got an official supporters club? Have, is is it one of these cases where there's a lot of people wanting their voice heard but don't actually want to make a difference, and they're quite happy like to yeah. they're quite happy to have their their words spoken or t- typed on Facebook on a Sunday night or Saturday night or whatever. Whereas actually, we'll make it a proper supporters voice club, a voice club, have a supporters voice or a supporters club or something that. Mm. You can then go to the club with a bit of better dialogue rather than, do you know what I mean? Like make yeah. it proper. So I, you're actually. What you're saying makes sense. I think the telling side of it is that when they beat the Lions, obviously the real Pats fans stood up and were overjoyed, and the ones who weren't necessarily weren't very quiet, and there wasn't any negativity. And then obviously, you know, it is what it is. We, as Pats fans, we're probably expecting them to push on a bit and and at least keep the game close or the, both the games close with the Eagles and. It, it would appear, you know, you've got to really disrespect these guys if you want them to, to play because they've not really turned up since that Lions game. I think we're better with Dusha on the court. Um, he facilitates much better. He gets the offense going a bit better. But you know, who knows? Like, we'll see. But like I said, when they when they come up against the Giants and, and the Scorchers twice, uh, let's let's talk again, yeah, and see and see where it's at. Um, because those games should be a lot closer. I mean, they should. The, the game against Surrey was done and dusted, and the the referees turned that around and shouldn't blame the refs. Blah blah blah. But that's exactly that was. Um, that's a game defining. A game defining. Yeah, and I'm still not call. still not sure how they lost to the Giants early in the season. They were they were kind of cruising at one stage, and then yeah, just just capitulated. That game they. Played really well, good well. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's the I think there is a bit of an elephant in the room when it comes to what the Raiders were at and where they were at. But the progression for for 
Pat's is really difficult. There's an article on Plymouth Live. Plymouth Raiders collapsed, probed after um, after the event. There is an article online. You can read financially why they have so much problems getting any kind of interaction from the council. And it's it is, and I'm assuming like none of this is libelous because it's in print and it's not been taken down. It's not been challenged. Liquidators said, and I'm quoting from it directly, they will complete a full review of the uh, use of a previous loan from the government um, once bank statements arise, Raider Statement Affairs filed at the time the company went into liquidation said it had a £30,000-plus loan from Sport England and a loan from Plymouth City Council of over seventy grand, neither of which were returned. And the council doesn't really care if it's Raiders or Patriots. It's a basketball team in Plymouth. They're not going to start bending over backwards to help them out, and that's kind of an issue. I guess one of the positives that you, that you can take from the Raiders you know, situation is that they, they did manage to get investment, good investment. So it's not impossible to get investment even down here out on a limb in the southwest, you know. That is a, that is a, a positive to take from that. But um, we'll move on, shall we? Let's, this one's, I don't know who this one, because I'm not, I'm not au fait. I don't keep up to speed with the WBBL. I probably should. I don't have. I barely have time to, to keep up to speed with the BBL. But uh, Paul's asking: Does Essex men need a BBL team? Well, you look at Essex as a franchise, as a WBBL franchise, um, are doing really well. They're kind of like the one team in that kind of setup that the women's team kind of overpowers their men's team in terms of standings and well the women's team play in the WBL whereas their men's team play in, play in, in uh, EB1 whatever you want to call it they're sitting fifth in the table which is just above my table they're played three one two and they played against London opening game and only lost by about 20 something they play gladiators on Sunday so I'm really interested to see how they get on They've got a good facility. I think they put on their socials that they basically had 1,400, 1,500 people at their WBBL game at the weekend. Nice. You're talk- and that, and they charge like eight, nine quid a game apparently from just reading the Discord. So there's obviously an appetite there. Mm. It's very much a uni kind of pro- program a bit. And so I think I said it in the Discord. Someone said, oh, I wonder if that model doesn't work. And I just went, well, see Surrey. It's basically the same as Surrey, isn't it? Surrey Sports Park, um, well, not far What's from it? Bristol either. Bristol used the university and the sport there. There, SGS. Yeah, SGS. So, it could work. I think their men's team are near the top in Division One as well. And you go, is I bet you think the big question comes: Well, is there an appetite? Is there a market for a men's team there? Is it just over years because the women's team's been there maybe a bit more established than the men? Is there an appetite for a pro men's team? And then can they afford to even pay themselves to get in there? Mm. Like, are they happy with this that kind of almost semi-pro status of playing in Division One in England? I don't think there's a uh, any lack of coincidence that we've had Birmingham always coming in since since Birmingham stopped being in the BBL. They've always been having a new team. Yeah, that seemed on the verge. Gloucester seemed on the verge. We've had talk of Cardiff. We've had talk of Belfast. Talk of Liverpool. I don't think it's. A, a, a surprise or a secret that 
actually looks like the BBL are doing a bit of due diligence and are almost like, well, if you if you're not if you don't have the infrastructure, Reading were, were about ready to come in, and it was almost like you're not ready. You you need we're looking for for people coming in with money to start with, rather than I, I guess it makes sense rather than what you've got now, which is a few teams that have okay funding, but you know you're looking for investors constantly to have a team coming with an investor already makes more sense moving forwards and that's obviously what they're doing I don't think there's any I think they need you need quite a lot behind you to get a BBL team now and I suppose a team like Essex are just seen as a uni team and we saw how the changes to the visa application process a few years ago kind of is the thing that killed off Worcester mm. like you can get a visa or the same cheap visas as you used to for students that had to be done like professional sports visas Mm. Um, these guys can still play university stuff but it's like a different process and it's just more expensive for teams mm. um, would uh, teams like Essex or other kind of university programmes want to do that? Probably not mm. AB you got a take on it? Or should we move on? Um, yeah I guess kind of the more the merrier in, in terms of teams yes it costs a lot of money and there's a hell of a lot of work that needs to be done that people don't realise when you know, you've know you got a new team coming into the league Um I know the CEO, um, Radin, he, he posted a picture of Belfast, so yeah. looks like we might have you know, an, uh, an Northern Irish team. Belfast uh, Celtics coming yeah. back. Northern Irish team joining when, you know, whatever time frame it is, you know, could be three, five years, a couple of years, whatever. Um, so yeah, the more the merrier, I guess, you know, in terms of Essex, like just looking at their kind of social media and the website, you know, they look like a really kind of well-structured team. You know, we've talked about how many fans they get in the games and stuff. So, mm. um, and I guess it all comes down to fans as well. I guess if you start on a team, you need to have a good enough fan base to to support your team week in week out. Um, mm. You know, if they're the guys paying the money for tickets and supporting the club, it's it's massive, especially now that the league's growing and more people are knowing about it. It's it's probably one of the the key things, as well as obviously the the money to build the infrastructure and, and the buy-in or whatever it is. But yeah. Well, there you go. We're talking of new franchises. John's got a question. What happens first? Manchester have a takeover or an announcement of a new BBL franchise? He's put 2024 or 2025 as a kind of cut-off point, I guess. But what do you think happens first, fellas? Well, there was it was then swiftly followed by some eyes from a certain Giants person. So, um, curious to see... What and hey, we've been talking all all season about the being told that there was stuff happening at Manchester and like what actually went what actually went down type thing. And if Manchester mm-hmm. Manchester type team like ads people like ads Pat Whelan all speak so passionately about basketball in that city mm. that they deserve a team that they can watch and enjoy and that does well. So. Very interested to see what's next for Manchester. Uh, they they deserve something to kind of go their way. Mm. Um, so, but then in the same sense, I'm like, well, okay, if that happens, I expect we'll have Belfast in the league next year. Um, that's based on nothing bar that one picture. I'm like, well, let's just say Belfast are in for next season. Exciting. Uh, which is exciting. That's a that's a we can all get flights to it. We can meet there on a flight, probably. <laughs> I can't afford it already. <laughs> I'd have to drive to Ross Lair and get the ferry. 
I might do that. That's era. That's the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> so yeah, I think I don't know. It's one that's it could be both. It could they could all be part of the same kind of deal of announcements and giants have new owners and or new investors or someone that's taken over the debt and mm. there's a team in Belfast. What do we? I mean, there's always there's been talk of of a takeover it, it, for a long time in Manchester since they um, went into. Well, they're not in liquid. Are they in liquidation yet? Or administration? Or administration. Somewhat, yeah. Well, is it? There's one of those terms. Talk. So, you know, and, and with the eyes from uh, Marcel, it, we'll see if if anything uh, comes to fruition. Positive. Um, they apparently had some sort of. Uh, VIP guests at the last game, so nice. We'll we'll see how how that was. That's not invited, no. I, I don't know. It depends how many of them heard his la- the last show. I guess he, he's not been happy, Bunny, has he? What did you make of that, by the way, AB? The uh, adds his little. <laughs> I say little. Adds his first fifteen twenty minute rant. Oh, I loved it. To be fair, um, <laughs> yeah, it was really entertaining. Um, obviously, I listened to it last week when when you posted it and stuff, and yeah, yeah, I was loving it. It was you know great show. Um, so yeah, really. I feel like I need to apologise for my five fucks and my uh, one sentence. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So it's, it's, uh, good. it's good. I, I spoke to my dad afterwards. He was like, "I listened to the clip. <laughs> Probably only four were required." Yeah. <laughs> I, love the, I love the passion. It's just yeah, it's great. You need a bit of that from time to time. It is madness, isn't it? Coming down here on the twenty third, yeah, I would drive. But having said that, you know, not guaranteed to get back to Scotland if you drive, are you? So you got trains I mean, on the thing. I mean, this, you're acting like it's proper winter up here. Like it's it's I already minus look. one. You said that last week. Aye, <laughs> but it's mild this week. It's five degrees. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Balmy. Shorts <laughs> and t-shirt. Quest, another question from Paul. What is the cost? Oh, okay. Technical question. I don't know if Willoughby had to answer this specifically, but what is the cost of bringing an old team back, like Brighton Bears, for example? Do you have to buy the name back and pay off any debt associated with the club when it folded? Um, I can tell you for a fact on that one because I looked into it a while back. You you have to own the franchise essentially, so you'd have to try and Nick Nurse still owns that franchise. You would have to <laughs> buy that from Nick Nurse. Technically speaking, it it didn't leave with any debt it just ceased doing business like it didn't go into liquidation or anything like that it just he just took it to America and tried to get it um, a- attached to a, a G League team um, but it was unsuccessful and then he just went into coaching college and G League himself so unless you guys know anything differently that that as far as I'm aware that's the process it's then a case of I wouldn't be sure how the registration would work in terms of coming back into the BBL, having been de- a, a franchise. It depends, does it not? I wonder if it depends who earns like almost like the IP, the intellectual property for that. Um, like if you're calling it... It's Nick Nurse. Your, Nick Nurse owns the, the thing, the whole thing. Let's, yeah, let's just say it's Brighton Bears and you decide to call yourself Brighton Bears. And sometimes for me, it doesn't automatically mean you should get... Especially hmm. if there's been a massive gap. Like if the... Birmingham oh. Bullets came back. It's coming on 20 years, isn't it? What are we, 2024? It'd be 18 years. Since the Bullets? Since the Bears. Since the Bears. But Bullets <laughs> is even longer. Yeah, I thought the Bullets went after Brighton. No, Bullets were before. 
I'll check it, but I'm fairly confident the bullets were done before the bears were done. I was going to say maybe a year or two, but maybe that's because then the Panthers and whoever else from Birmingham appeared. Um, so I think it, it must be pretty hard. And as you say, it depends who owns them and what's the structure of it. If it's been like what you said, like basically Brighton Bears just ceased to exist. They didn't, they didn't want the franchise anymore. Nick Nurse still owns them. Well, that said, actually, Gary Chicken-Smith, and I forget the name of the other guy, because they did, they did a little YouTube video a while ago with, a, with a, something they took forward to Brighton City, Brighton and Hove Council, or Brighton Council, as it is now, I think. Um, so whether or not they now own the franchise, I don't know. But they, they had been running Sussex Bears, which apparently now shows up as Brighton Bears. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know enough about it. <laughs> yeah, it would take a hell of a lot a lot of work that's for sure either way mm. indeed right another question um, what have we got is the six import rule actually causing more problems than it's worth for some teams i.e. Leicester most of their better consistent players are British no because Leicester have only used five imports which we were allowed last season they've clearly tried to choose a different direction maybe spend more money on People like uh, Kimball and Samuel Doe, guys who are maybe eligible or have British passports, and he's tried to do maybe a different kind of thing for his imports, which is unusual for Rob, trying something different maybe. And it's not worked as we can see. So I don't think that's more to do with the import rule of six. I think that's more uh, Leicester maybe just got it wrong on this occasion, which they don't often do. Yeah, I'd say, I guess for the import rule as well, I guess... Overall, it's probably made the, the league a bit better, and it's been a bit better for the league. Because, you know, if you could say to the you know the start of this season, or you know, in the, in the past few seasons, if you could have that one extra import player to every single team, that one import player more than likely is going to be a very very good player. So, the more good players we can have in this league, the better. Um, yeah, yes, it hasn't really worked out for Leicester as such, with you know the likes of. Kimball kind of being the guy at times um, especially towards the end of games and stuff but uh, yeah I guess to be fair I quite like it um, I'd, I'd rather see more imports more of the best players that we can get and, and stuff like that um, yeah again there's been a question of you know does it kind of take away um, kind of the aspect of the up and coming up and coming up and coming British players I can't even speak um, and yes it might potentially but you look at the likes of London who I've still got a hell of a lot of uh, British players like Luke Nelson, Gabe, Sharma, Kabuza, um, you know, um, Kieran Sandy, all, all them kind of players. So you could flip it and you could say it that way, but yes, I see I see kind of both points. But yeah, I quite like it. There's a few teams that I think aren't doing enough for British talent or they've relied heavily on the loophole of guys that are maybe Americans with British passports. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've said it before, I would love a rule where we've got to have X amount of um, GB players or and maybe not having to have or X amount of under 25 guys. And I've I've said that before where I think we could go there. But then on the other hand, I'm like, is that the job of the BBL to do? Yeah, it was, was another thing that Pat Whelan said when he was in Canada when during, during the league, they have to have like one, one or two Canadian players on the court at the time. Yeah, something like they that. They do that yeah. in other places as well. Yeah, Germany got another rule like that. Good to see that you listen to 
podcast Adam, good man. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be there there'll be another Pat Whelan feature next week or over the weekend, so watch out for that one. Oh, oh breaking news. Friends. <laughs> oh what a guy. Hey, how good's their podcast? I'm a big Brilliant. fan of that. Yeah, podcast. I'm loving it. And they read my question out as well recently, which was good. Did you get all excited? Featured on Twitter as well, which I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they're a great bunch of guys, just really down to earth and yeah, great people. So I was gutted that Gino didn't come back though. I thought I thought without a team, I thought Leicester would move in. I actually thought Caledonia would move in, but didn't happen. They should have they should have they should have done. I don't know, did he, the German team bomb out of his Israeli contract, didn't he? So, so you'd have to that, do would, that, that wouldn't be cheap. And it seems Gino, Gino likes to get paid, so... He's worth it, though. You know. I think so, yeah. And hey, if he came back for one more season, he gets he becomes legit. He certainly does. So, he certainly does. And I'd like to see that. Um, who knows? Question from John related... He's got two bits actually. So another riders orientated question. What did you think to Jalen Pipkin's buzzer beater at the end of the third in the game against the against the riders? Can you remember seeing anyone do that before? I'll be honest, I haven't managed to see that yet. I've heard about it. That's unbelievable. It's like you're like, oh, that's not going in. On, on, like that's not going in. Then oh shit, it went in. <laughs> Where did he shoot yeah. it from? It was like, about in line with the three throw line, but in more towards the benches, so it wasn't straight. It was kind of sick. Yeah, yeah. What, from his own free throw line? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. But like, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to think. I've seen, I've seen half court buzzer beaters. I've seen inbound buzzer beaters. I've seen, but I don't remember Hail Mary for a long time. I don't remember seeing one in the BBL. Obviously, Magic Johnson did one. I've seen, seen a few in the NBA, but. And there's a, there's a see... famous European Clippers, which might Josh Bet might, it might be Limoges, one of the teams he follows. They had a similar event where the guy got the inbound. I think he was pretty much under his own basket, and he launches it, and it goes in. Like part of me wants to say Connor Washington's done something, maybe. Yeah, did yeah. Drew Sullivan do something like that as well? I don't know. Because he's a big dude. I feel like he just quarterbacked it. I feel like this is where. It's difficult to remember to go back because well, Rattel, social remember? media and content. It's no, but nothing's nothing was clipped like it is nowadays. Oh god, no, 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 no! You'd have to go but through that, the archives, and no one, no one's allowed in the archives. That Pipkin's play was clipped and already shown on the other coverage of every game that weekend within minutes <laughs> of it happening. So it was the same as ironically the Asprey and Taj mm. Green mix-up was shown very quickly, and I'm actually surprised the league haven't clipped up. On Waz and JJ, so maybe they changed their yeah. content strip content yeah. team because they've gone. Wait, maybe this isn't good for us. We've got some violent guys. He also wants to know what are our thoughts on Kibble McKenzie's football in inverted commas theatrics, arms in the air, appealing for a foul, shaking his head, etc. Every time he ends up on his backside, which always seems to be when he doesn't beat his defender. <laughs> I have, a quick, I have a quick take on that and my there take on that is Kimball McKenzie is the guy for the other team that everybody hates but when he's on your team you love it and I bet that's the same for Darius Defoe and David Cohn before that and every team's Yorick was a bit like that for a while yeah, in the BBL 100% you know a, a player you on, 
on the opposition that you just he's niggly does all the bits like yeah I, I feel like he's that guy and he yeah. does what he does what he does a lot of the times he doesn't mind playing the the kind of pantomime villain if you like yeah so he, he loved it when he came to Newcastle cool. yeah just kind of um, just going on to Kimball it's yeah he loved kind of being that that word the pantomime villain at Newcastle yeah um, that yeah, was JJ was, in Saturday as well like, yeah, these guys yeah. want that they strive off that Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there was, he was getting a bit of stick off our fans for, you know, supposedly flopping and stuff. Um, obviously, he'll have a different opinion to that. But uh, <laughs> um, and obviously, he got he got Will Neighbour sent off when Will Neighbour apparently elbowed him. But it was a bit, you know, Will Neighbour's up here and Kimball's down here. So um, there's that. It, but, yeah, yeah, Will's he didn't, just turned yeah. with his elbow. It's nothing, no intent. There. Yeah, oh no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, Kimball was kind of shushing the fans and yeah. You know, pointing to his ear and, and all that kind of giving it back to them and that, which is which is good to see and it's well, entertaining. But do you remember Oni did it, it? Oni did it last year as well for London. JJ did it on Sunday. Like, these guys <laughs> love for that stuff. You know what? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it makes them better as well. So if that's the way they play, then fair play to them. We'll have one more question, and then we'll we'll have to do our BTR five and predictions and whatnot because I start at five a.m. tomorrow. So. Uh, but I've just uh, I've just run the numbers and I can tell you officially, um, which I didn't realise. I always thought it was sooner. Bears and bullets capitulated at the same time, two thousand six. Oh wow! Yeah, I never knew that. I always I don't know why. I mean, maybe maybe the bullets f- fell off a cliff in terms of talent and what they were doing on the court. Um, but I, yeah, I, I didn't realise that they, they were two thousand six as well. So, bullets fans. Matt is one, Bullets 92. Feel your pain, brother. I think we were both probably very depressed at a, at a similar time in our lives. Uh, there you go. A question from... Not sure. I think it's another John. Is everybody called John? Uh, hi, lads. No question as such. It's just to say that we should really be giving Ben Thomas and the Knicks... I'm not going to say that term because it's the term used by a skinny prick who I don't like... Uh, but we should be we should be bigging them up. Um, general BBL fan here, but it's great to see them doing fantastically well. Such well recruited squad, gelling incredibly well. Uh, all the best, gents. Keep up the great podcast. And thank you very much. But yeah, I think uh, I think the question. Some of the questions we're asking in relation to like the Flyers last season are the Knicks the new Flyers in terms of are they legit? But I mean, it's very difficult to say that they're not legit because of the way they've started the season and it almost feels like every obstacle that gets put in front of them they, they kind of raise to it so I think I think John's on the money for that it's, it's been a great start and a great season so far and it's I feel like with the roster and the recruitment I feel like Ben Thomas took a lot of risks like on paper when you see it first like there's quite a mismatch of guys and styles and heights and yeah, games or backgrounds and it's clearly working for them at the moment. Guys must be happy and yeah, they they're they're winning games and winning them in pretty cool style. Like Maceo Jacks really fired, kicked on as the main man, but then you had an Aaron Rye who's, who looked back in good form. Uh and then all they need after that is one or two of the other four or five guys in their roster kinda to step up and play and they're they're looking pretty good. If it's Chargois or Rideau or um, is it Cam Gooden? There, you know, you know, he's not there. He's the one on Cam Holden. Sorry, Holden. Sorry. Uh, 
and EJ Steven. EJ Stevens is probably their weakest import so far, and he was. It'll be interesting to see what. You we all ads always talks about Cheshire making a change. He's the only one you could say they could legit change, but do they need to when they didn't have people like Skylar White doing their thing? It's it's a, a decent squad to be honest. They can add to it, I suppose. But would that have to be a Brit? Yeah, it would have to be a Brit. So that would that would well, you know. Yeah, they're just, just kind of one of them awkward teams where you don't expect them to be that good, but then suddenly they turn around and play, and then they just play unbelievable. Like they're such an entertaining team to watch. Um, you know, some of the individuals that they've got on the team, like what I mentioned, are just playing really, really well. Some of the best players in the league, to be honest. Um, Aaron Rye's been unbelievable, and just they've, they've been consistent all season, really. Mm. Um, they're beating the teams that they should beat. You know, they've they've beaten teams like Leicester and stuff like that. Like they've beat them twice. Um, which is pretty big for them. And yeah, it's just just pretty big, especially when you know they they lost the like likes of Larry Austin and stuff last season, and he he was massive for them, and um, you know he had a lot of history with them. But yeah, it's just it's just a funny one really because they're just so good, but you don't really expect them to be. But now that we've seen them for so long, I guess I guess you could say they are legit, and they're just a really good team to be honest. Um, more consistent than the rest, I guess you could say. Well, there you are. Um, that'll be the questions for now. Fellas, we'll, we'll rattle through BTR5. Um, I'm going to throw, and I know Ads would, would like to have done it if he was here, but I'm going to throw Nick <laughs> Lewis in there immediately as my pick. 33 points, 10 of 18 from the floor, uh, 4 from 9 from 3, index of 33, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, um, stepping up big time for his team. William Lee struggled in that. That, of course, was in a loss, but it was against the Lions. So he's, I feel like he deserves a nod for that. Plus, didn't he play well as well in the um, in their win? Yeah. 74-68 against the uh, the banged-up Bristol Flies, but you can only beat what they put in front of you. Yeah, Nick Lewis, 23 points, four rebounds. Yeah, so he's had a, he's had a good weekend. He gets my uh, pick. Uh Either of you got one you wanna you wanna anchor in there? Um, Jordan Johnson for me, um, yeah. unbelievable in both games. I guess you could say mm. on Friday against Plymouth, twenty-four and thirteen assists, really really good. Um, ten for ten on on free throws, and then if we go to Caledonia, um, again he was he was the guy as Grant says. Um, probably helped them a bit when they were booing him and getting on his back. Um, again, 24 points again, 8 for 8 on the free throw line, 7 assists, and yeah, just probably won us that game and was, was the difference maker for us. And just, uh, you know, re- really good player. The, the last five games and um, in November specifically, he's just been unbelievable and probably a bit biased, but he's probably one of the best players in the league so far mm-hmm. um, at the moment. I'm not saying he is the best, but he's one of them. Ramon 2.0. Yeah. Hey, we. Perhaps it's as if we've been proved right again that he'd be their main player, eh? Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. It's funny, the, the biggest irony of that was that Nicholson was adamant that it was Ricky McGill, and then when it came to the fantasy <laughs> fantasy draft league, he had the first pick, and who'd he pick? Jordan Johnson. So, <laughs> Gotta love it, haven't you? Uh, who are you locking in, Grant, my man? Aaron Ray. Yeah, good shout. He was unreal. It's like he's come back from injury and 
Mr. September, yeah. Yeah, just looks better. Like, and it's really interesting when you look in. It's actually made me go look to see what other talent there is in the NBL. Hmm. Like, is there any other players? And like, I don't know the standards. Like, I feel like every year the standards different. Like, is this year a good year? Or do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be interesting to hear what people got to say about guys that could prove themselves to being decent. BBL level talent like what Aaron Rye has, Taylor Johnson has as well in some extent as well. So yeah, Aaron Rye for me. We need two more. I would like to immediately throw into the discussion um Matt Morgan, 32 points. And he's it's weird and it it's not the case when you watch the game because obviously there's there's a bigger gap, but it's they need his 32 points, if you like. No, they really do, though, Pabs. They really do. They only won the game by eight points. Um, They really do need him at the moment. Without Tariq, I feel like they struggle. And that Matt Morgan is having to, I think, play a massive role to win them games a lot of the time. Well, he's he's definitely one I'd like to throw into the mix, as well as um, the big centre off the bench, Jordan Hunt. Yeah, that was going to be my guy. 26 minutes. Index of 30. That's mental. 22 points, 7 brilliant. rebounds, 2 assists, 100% free throw, 100% from 3. <laughs> he only missed 2 pointers, like 8 from 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah he was a standout brilliant. player. Yeah. And he's someone that I was really hoping would have a, be good in this league. I built him up pre-season as someone to kind of watch from that Surrey team. And coming back from injury again, he looks like he's kind of sorted it out, got settled, got sorted and kicking on like he's contributing massively to that team in a row yeah it feels like he's a real talent um, are you happy with those two or you got somebody else you want to put in um, yeah pretty good um, yeah, honourable mention for Ricky this, this week um, yeah he's been phenomenal 13 7, seven assists and uh, 5 steals and yes he you know didn't get the, the points he probably would have and the, height, the heights that he's kind of hit the rest of the season but uh, defensively he was unbelievable against Plymouth and yeah, he was. You know, he, he did a really mm-hmm. good job on on Taylor Johnson, to be honest. Um, yeah. And then played real well on Caledonia. Probably was the second best player. So, yeah. But I'm happy with Hunt. So. Hunt and Morgan. Who do you want to lock in for the vote? Three players to lock in. I'd like to lock in Nick Lewis, if I may. Yep, I want Aaron Ray. Aaron Ray. Sticking with JJ. Yep. Absolutely. There so they're going up for the vote. We need to work out who Green of the Week is. Um, and there's been big shouts from the Pat Pat podcast, of course, for Terrell Green, who had the best game he's had so far. Um, it depends how you guys want to get, where you guys want to go with it. Brad Green struggled, I think, a little bit. Um, yeah. So it's Taj or Terrell. Depends which game you pick and, and which one, you know. I think if you go Terrell, um, 23 points, five rebounds, and the game against Taj, okay, they won. He was 15 and seven. I would probably give it to Terrell. Hey, mate. Um, yeah, I'll go with uh, Terrell as well. Um, Taj probably didn't get the points he wanted because he didn't play as many minutes as he probably usually does. Um, he only played kind of low 20s where um, in other games he's played a lot more and to be honest from kind of my view and when I was there and stuff uh, Terrell was by far your 
best player when you came and played on um, yeah. played on Friday. So yeah, um, hit some massive shots. Really good, you know, shooting from outside and stuff. And mm. you no, know, if if he's ever going to get his first first win for Green of the Week, then yeah, sure, he he can have this one. There you go. Good stuff. I can tell you actually that uh, Mr. October went to the vote um, between TJ Atwood, Cam Holden, Ricky McGill and Pat Whelan and it was incredibly close between TJ Atwood and Pat Whelan. 2% separated them and it's gone to TJ Atwood. Uh, We are waiting on a graphic from um, my man James uh, who's in the Discord as Backboard BKBD. Um, who does fantastic work and of course did the Aaron Rye uh, basketball card for us when he was Mr. September so TJ Atwood for and I think I mean it's on I think the, the one win they got was against the Lions or well, that might have been in November but anyway the, the one it's, it, they've struggled but the one thing about TJ Atwood is he's in the top 10 for like is it 7 or 8 of the categories there are wow yeah, he's he's, uh, he's he's an all-rounder. He's done it wherever he's gone. Did it in uh, Slovakia, which was obviously the league that um, Ramon Fletcher was at. Yeah. Uh, great numbers. And there we go. Yeah, he's, he's Mr. September. No, sorry, Mr. October. I did put it on Twitter as Mr. November because it was in November and I'm stupid. So there you go. But let's go through now our predictions... Oh, I didn't add your predictions to the list, AB, but you did send them. I've got them right here in front of me now. Uh, Sharks versus Riders was the game. Was that the first game of the weekend? God, that feels like it was ages. That was on Friday as well, because it was free on Friday. Yeah, of course it was. Uh, 17th, 18th and 19th, wasn't it? So Sharks, Riders. Sharks got the win. I picked Sharks. And... AB picked Sharks as well. Everybody else went Riders. So you jog on. Uh, <laughs> Giants 5 is the only one to take the Giants. Hey! Fun times. I then took the Pats against the Eagles, so we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Optimistic. Everyone else took Eagles, so that point's been fucking gone, hasn't it? Um, Surrey Bristol. I took Surrey. Grant took Surrey. Nicholson adds took Flyers AB took Surrey we all went Glads for Glads Eagles including AB disappointing oh dear I thought, wow. I thought they couldn't do it on the back to back yeah it was going to be too much but apparently not the numbers aren't good just for get that. angry that's all you need to do is get angry <laughs> and everyone went for the Knicks and of course they came up Trumps let's total that up quickly and then move on to our predictions for this week uh, ads is now on 26 AB is now on 41 2 3 4 45 well ahead he's built his lead by at least 2 I think Nicholson's on tough week for Nicholson he got 2 right he got 30 he's on 32 Grant is on 37 38 39 41 4 and Pabs is on 35 36 37 38 39 40 there you go mm. Not a lot in it. 45, 41, 40, and then a big drop-off for Nick's. And our ads, bless him, missed a couple of weeks, so you've got to be in it to win it. And he's not in it this week. Um, although I believe Nicholson has sent his through for this week, which, of course, 
uh, tips off 23rd Thursday Thursday night are you, got, are you guys in Europe this week? loads nope. of games in Europe Bristol are we are London are and two women's games there's five five Brits teams in Europe this week exciting times exciting times will it affect the BTL championship of which Cheshire sit top on their own um Right, who's up first? Lions at home. Eagles, the visitors. I've got Lions Lions from Nixon. Where are we going? Uh, let's ask AB. Can the Eagles do it? Can they make oh, six in a row, that'd be? Yeah, it would be. Lions, third game in five days. Played mm. a lot of the key guys on Sunday. European game the night before. Yeah, they go yes. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, back to back. Yes, it's not against a very good European team because like European teams are in seven but still it's a European game yeah, how weird about uh, me they rest players in the European game yeah, and play them against us uh, um, yeah I hope not but uh, good happen yeah I, I think we can do it oh he's gone Eagles yeah I love it let's do it I hope not just just for the sake of um, this is the one time Nathan, I want Eagles and, to lose Nathan and uh, Nathan and Jack's t-shirt that says we are the one <laughs> In twelve and one, or it's yeah. just we it's ever one. it's as ever a time we're going to do it. Then you know it'd be the third yeah, game in five days after we're back to back. So best opportunity. Yeah. After all that, I'm going Lions. Grant, where you going? Yeah, I'm going Lions too. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll stick ads down for. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say we'll stick ads down for Lions, but <laughs> uh, it's not guaranteed that he's going to pick that way, is it? Right. Next up, Giants at home. Pats, the visitors, must win game for the Pats. Nicholson has obviously gone for the Pats. I think I'm going to go Pats as well, just because I don't really want to entertain another kind of outcome for it. I'll leave that to you guys. Uh, AB? Giants. Grant? That's a tough lad. I really want to try and find a way that Pats win this. (laughs) But I, I think, and this is crazy, Manchester play better defence. So, Manchester? Yeah, Giants. It's could be, could be in a weird... No, well, not in a weird way. It could be game of the week, couldn't it? Knowing Pats, they'll lose by about 30. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pats, man. Oh, dear. Um... That's that one. Uh, next up, Gladiators at home. Cheshire Phoenix, the visitors. Oh, this one's tough. Uh, Nick Nicholson's gone for Gladiators. Grant, you going Glads as well? Yes. I'm going Nicks. Because they are. They're just so good. Uh, AB? <laughs> Caledonia at home. We'll go for that. Come for the Glads. Not the fortress it was, thanks to the Eagles. Um, oh, we've done Nicholson. We did him first. We could cheat. We could do him first every time now, can't we, really? <laughs> if he's, if he's going to mail him in. Scorchers at home. Eagles are visitors. I'm going Eagles. Is this on the Saturday? So Eagles are going yeah, back, back, back again. I still think we have too much. Well, I, yeah, um, there's a... There's a Friday in between. Oh, okay. It's Thursday, Friday, so. Thursday, Maybe, you sticking with your Eagles? 
Yeah, yeah, could be an awkward one though, but I think we'll be fine. Nicholson's going Eagles. Grant, you going to sag? Eh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you might be tempted. That's why I left you till last. I uh, would be, but no. Right, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. Sorry, have the guards to stop either of those two. Hmm. Riders at home, the next one. Giants on a on a literal back-to-back -back after coming all the... Jesus Christ. Oh, no, it's not too... I thought they were going back to Manchester. They're away. Uh, well, not too bad. I thought they were coming out of Plymouth, which would have been a hell of a journey to then go back up, but they're not, of course. They're at home. So they got the Riders away. Leicester at home. Giants are visitors. Um, I mean, Riders are in a bit of... Transition. Is this one that we can put a question mark next to until we see if they make a player announcement? <laughs> yeah, but even so, he's got to, he's got to kind of gel in unless he. Well, it depends. Well, this is the other thing we didn't mention is they may already have an idea of who they want to come in, and that's what. Or they might somebody may have become available, and that's why they've binned off the three guys they've binned off. They've they've got a better offer, perhaps. But I'm going to put Giants. Um, Ab. Oh no, Grant. We do you next. Yeah, I'm going Giants. And Nicholson's gone. Riders. AB, where are you going? Um, well, I was going to go Giants just because of all the stuff that's happening mm. at Leicester and stuff. But you know, if I take a step back, it's a back-to-back -back for Giants and it's at Leicester and. It's also a zag against Pabs and I that you could potentially build your lead further. So you go and ride Yeah, yeah, I'll go riders. yeah. <laughs> Surely they can't lose that game because that would be disastrous. Depends if they've got anybody to play. Uh, yeah. Last one, last game, sorry, three games on the Sunday. Oh, three games on the Sunday. Sharks at home, Flyers of it. We've not mentioned Sharks on this show and they are currently second, I think, in the BTR Championship. Stretching up to eight wins. Um, yeah, but but like what six, seven defeats. Still got the wins on the board, aren't they? Right. Still work. Still chopping away. Uh, choppy waters. Oh, there's something to do with sharks. Anyway, who you got? Uh, Grant sharks, or the banged up flyers? Sharks in that new venue look pretty good. Bristol struggling with bodies, but still looking like they could be pretty good. But they keep games close, don't they, to be fair? Yeah, but I think Sheffield, if this would be around the other way, I'd maybe have more of a thought, but yeah, it's just Sheffield winning this one. Nicholson's also gone for the Sharks. AB, where are you going? Yeah, as Grant says, seem to be really good in their new arena. Um, they beat both, they beat uh, the Glads by quite a good margin um, and they beat Leicester mm. as well the only loss that they've had at home is to London so yeah I'll probably go with them this week Pat's then at home at 4.30 to the Surrey Scorchers another must win game for the Pats really AB man where are you going? Pats at home I like your confidence uh, Nicholson's gone Pats obviously and he did say as well on it might have been Spencer Levi's podcast. I can't remember who. Oh, actually, no, it might have been the guys on the Pat Pat podcast. He said that as much as the Lions have got the Pats penciled in for their next game, which is fucking mental. <laughs> um, it's not, I mean, there's, yeah, whatever. Uh, the Pats have got Surrey penciled in simply because of the way the game ended previously. Yeah. Uh, 
Grant, my man, where are you going? Yeah, hey, I'm going Pats too. Oh, crikey, it's Pats across the board. Last time we did that, they lost. Um, <laughs> Cheshire Phoenix, the home team for the last game of the weekend. It's a, it's a reverse of the game that's occurring Friday night because they're taking on the Caledonia Gladiators. Uh, Grant, you going Glads? Yeah. Is that because they'll want revenge after losing at home? Ooh. Bloody, <laughs> bloody hope not. 2-0 and o for the Glads over the... Uh, I can't see the Knicks losing both games. Can you, AB? No, I think um, I predicted Glads to win the first one at their place, and I think Cheshire will win at their place. So the two home teams. Where did Nicholson go? Because he didn't put that one down. Oh, Glads. He went Glads in the end. Later on. He's gone Glads. I'll go Knicks. And we'll see how it all uh, unfolds and transpires. Good. Well, fellas. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for for putting up with us. Everybody at home, thank you for joining us in the pub. Grant, my man, anything to plug before we go? You mentioned uh, mentioned you. Oh, name, good. A um, couple of things we had with the kind of WBBL season restarting again because they decided to play two games and then take like a month off. Hmm. Um, we've had Robin Lewis on the show, which was really interesting. Speak to her, so that was awesome. Uh, got recorded with Pat the other day so that'll come out at some point and yeah. I'm back on comms on Sunday for the women's game against Essex so hey good stuff nice so I I, I think I'm going to miss the first half of the men's game so oh well oh well you'll be on comms I'll be on comms so hopefully so. hopefully people want to tune into that Caledonia Gladiators versus Essex Rebels yours truly on the mic I'm jealous well done you can come and be my co comms. You can get jumping via Zoom. <laughs> we'll do it from our. You can do it from your cupboard. AB, <laughs> <laughs> hey, anything to say before we go? Um, nothing in particular, but just, you know, credit the guys that travelled up to, to Caledonia. Um, shout out Les, who goes to every single Eagles game. Um, he's, he's a great guy, great fan. Um, I've had the pleasure of speaking to him a few times and. Yeah, he's a die-hard fan, so great to see, great to, for him to see the the win on Sunday uh, or Saturday, sorry. Um, and just shout out to um, Kevin and Callum Milner as well, two really good Eagles fans and um, two two good blokes as well. So yeah, it's good good for them to get the win and yeah, really really good. Just got to keep rolling, I guess, with with the Eagles. Nice one. I don't think I'm, I, I, I'm wearing this. I do realise as well if if you're able to watch this via the subscription that my hat peak is non-existent because of my green screen the fact that my hat peak is also green uh, I couldn't be bothered to change it but there is a I, there, it is the trophy uh, champions hat from 2019 um, which was obviously the London City Royals and I am planning on doing a 30 for 30 star documentary with a with a spe- with a twist with an angle on it um but yeah, just look out for that. I'll put some of the groundwork in and um, we'll see what comes of it. Probably nothing. Hopefully something. But it could be fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think I've got anything to plug. Um, just, uh, yeah, miss doing comms. You mentioning that about, about doing the comms. I miss not doing the comms. It is nice uh, 
to have Sundays off every now and again. I've not, I don't know if I can go Sunday to the Pats game, to be fair, because the wife's already started penciling in Christmas stuff, which I don't mind. I'm a fan of, but there you go. Are you, um, is that not you booking, have you not booked in yourself for some Santa appearances? No, if only. Dye the old beard. Mind you, some of it is going quite grey anyway. I do want to give a shout out, we didn't do it last week, but I do want to give a shout out to the Smith family, um, who got a, a rousing round of applause, standing ovation, in fact, for about five minutes down at Pavilions because of their tremendous uh, volunteer. And I've mentioned Paul Smith on the Pat Pack podcast. I think I've put him up for top dog one week just what it doesn't look the same without those guys if i'm honest it's uh, they've just been the heart and soul of plymouth basketball should we say for a long time 25 years i think they said which is yeah. um irene that was i think particularly uh, it, amazing great effort great job uh, and that's it thanks for joining us at the pub um we're going to go back to the bar get the last orders in uh, take it easy we'll speak to you soon so, uh, yeah. Do you reckon the riders are going to bring in any extra players? <laughs> they need at least four. So, any, let's see. Do you reckon they're going to use uh, some some 777 contacts and get some G-Link players? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for long. <laughs> Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead The morning's looking bright And your shrink ran off to Europe And didn't even write And your husband wants to be a girl there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You wanna go where people know people are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name